Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. Fantastic, fantastic. You have your Bibles, turn to the book of Romans. Romans, Romans chapter 8. We're in a series called More Than Conquerors. Somebody say more than. We're not just conquering. We're not just winning. Uh, the, the Greek word is hyper. Nike. Nike means to prevail. It means victory. Hyper means more than. Jesus says because of me and my work in you, you are more than a conqueror. Overwhelming victory belongs to us. Have you been enjoying this series? We're about midway through. I think this, this has been a great exposition of the Scripture, taking Romans chapter 8 and showing us how this victory is played out in our lives as believers. Today, I want to talk to you if you're taking notes, because we believe that history makers are note-takers. If you're taking notes, write this down at the top of your page. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. I love a church that will keep it real. I love serving a God that in Scripture gives us the reality of the challenges in front of us, but also gives us the hope of the promise that's inside of us. And so in Romans chapter 8, in these few verses, we're going to see three things. In fact, it's called the three groans. Groans. Come on, somebody groan. You know, a groan isn't saying anything, but a groan says a whole lot, right? Mamas, how many of you, you've ever asked your kids? Well, you didn't ask them, you tell them. Clean your room. And what do you hear? Yeah, what are they saying? They're saying, I don't want to. But then dad has a paddle that gives a little incentive, gives a little motivation. Or how many of you, when your alarm clock went off this morning, you groaned? Isn't it amazing to me? I, I, I find this fascinating. Sometimes you struggle to get to sleep, but your sleep is the sweetest right before you have to wake up. That alarm clock goes off, and you're like, no, I just got comfortable. The bed has never been more comfortable. The cover's pulled up right under your chin. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we groan when that alarm clock goes off. What about this? When you were in school, the teacher walks in and says, okay, class, take out a sheet of paper. Number it from 1 to 10. Some of you just got fear coming back upon you. You groan because it's pop quiz you didn't do your homework. You didn't read the night before. You weren't ready, so you groaned. Or what about this? You realize after the fact that someone used the last roll of toilet paper, <laughs> and it's too late. Oh, you got to get creative. Or what about this? I didn't say that in the last service, did I? Or what about you rush off to work and you get to the office, you get to your workspace, and then you realize that you left your cell phone at home. Is that like panic for anybody? Yeah, some of you don't know how to act if you don't have your cell phone with you. You groan. Or what about this? You're going through the drive-through of Chick-fil-A. Mmm, it's my happy place. 
and you get that 12-count nuggets with waffle fries and a sweet tea. Come on, somebody. And you ask for extra Polynesian sauce. You don't check your bag because you know Chick-fil-A is Christian chicken just the way God intended. But you get to the house and they forgot the Polynesian sauce. And so what do you do? See, now that has never happened to anybody in here because Chick-fil-A gets it right. Amen? I got extra Polynesian at my house if y'all come up short. I'm just saying. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 18, we're going to identify three movements in this passage Three groans in Scripture. There's a really, and this is a message, I think, it marks the theology behind our mission as a church. What is our mission? To be a healing place for, where did that come from? Was that something creative or clever that, that somebody made up and said, yeah, well, that'll be the tagline of the church. This is really the theology of what it means to be a healing place for the hurts of our world. These three groans in Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 18. Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Can I have a good amen? amen. Oh, I love that. I, we could just stop right there and preach verse 18. Paul talks about a present struggle. There's, a, there, there's suffering in today. But he also speaks of a glory that has yet to be seen. And he says, when you compare the two, your present suffering versus your future glory, it doesn't even compare. He says, the trouble of today, this, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Verse 19, for the creation waits with eager longing. I want you to see now, he talks about creation. Eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and finally obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning. There's the first word right there, that, that first groan. All of creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Now, in this first movement, I want you to see, if you're taking notes, write this thought down. We live in a hurting world. We live in a world that groans. Paul says that all creation longs for a future Glory. What's he referring to? Well, at the beginning of time in the Garden of Eden, when sin first entered into the world, sin brought a curse. How many of you know that the plan of the enemy is to get your life in bondage to sin so you'll be under this thing called a curse? You know, and so when sin was introduced, it didn't just affect Adam and Eve, but a curse rested upon the, the, the entirety of the world. The Bible says that the ground now, it wouldn't produce fruit as it normally would, but there would be thorns and thistles. And so creation has been groaning from the time sin entered into the world until now. All creation has been held back. And you can see the growing pains in the earth today. You can see the groaning and the longing for creation to receive the glory of God. You see it in earthquakes. 
You see it in hurricanes. There are volcanoes and wildfires, and it's almost like the world is in turmoil. All creation longs for something better. Jesus came into this world to break the curse. I want you to know this. The blessing is always greater than the curse. I talk to people who feel like they've been cursed. Uh, I've been living under a generational curse. Or my father, my grandfather, this has been in my family for years. And somebody said some things, pronounced some things over me, and my life is cursed. I want you to know that the blessing of God is greater than the curse. In fact, man can't curse what God has blessed. And so when Jesus came, his purpose was to break the curse, and now the world is longing for freedom. To reverse the curse was the plan of the cross. And God puts you and I in the earth today to be agents of that hope in a creation, in a world that longs for the glory of God, reversing the curse. It's our assignment. I want you to consider this. If, if the only purpose of God for our lives was to save us and take us to heaven, then why wouldn't he take us to heaven as soon as we say yes to Jesus? Think about it. Many of you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. He's in your heart. The, the indwelling presence of God's Spirit is with you. Well, why wouldn't he just translate you immediately to heaven if that was all there is? You know what? God leaves us here on earth so that we can help reverse the curse. He leaves us here because we are on heavenly assignment. There is a, a reason, a season, a divine appointment, and God saves us and keeps us here so now we can be a part of that process of undoing what sin has done. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're here for a reason. Now, some of us struggle our whole lives to figure out what that purpose and what that reason is. But I want to tell you this. It's why we serve. Why do we wear red serve shirts? Why do we designate days and do outreaches all over the community? Because when we serve, it's like bringing a little bit of heaven down to this earth. All creation longs and groans for the coming of the Lord. Well, what you and I have the opportunity to do is we are ambassadors of that hope. And so reversing the curse, we are embodiments of the blessing. Can I have a good amen? The one who blesses the world, the one who blesses our life, now lives inside of us. And so we serve others to bring heaven down to earth. Jesus prayed. He said, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. So what is our assignment here on this earth? We live in a world that's hurting. Well, God has left us here to reverse the curse, to bring the blessing and the goodness of heaven to a world that desperately needs that. Can you say amen? amen. Is it just me, or have you seen in, uh, in, I guess, the last several years, increasing hostility on the earth? I mean, it's like, you know, it's one thing. There was a day when you could disagree and still be respectful. But now culture has changed. Times have changed. It's so polarizing, and you see the hostility and the animosity. And it tells me this, that the gift of kindness is so refreshing. When people serve without any agenda, no strings attached, when you and I get a chance to represent the love of a heavenly Father into a world that is hostile, all of a sudden now things change. Are you with me? I think this is so important. Uh, you know, several weeks ago, I want to tell you this story because I want to show you how this works, the power of serving, the power of giving a gift. 
a small act of kindness. I want you to see the mileage that you get in the kingdom when you commit your heart to serve because the world is hurting. It's broken. Several weekends ago, I, I tell you this, and you guys know, on Fridays, Friday afternoons, there's a group of guys, and we pray here every Friday afternoon in preparation for service. You know, we lay hands on every seat. We pray, God, fill these seats. Lord, fill the hearts that are going to be occupying these seats. We walk up this front in the altar area, and we say, God, would you fill these altars with men and women and students, young and old, God, those that are hurting, those that are broken, God, those that are struggling, God, draw them because this altar represents the place where we meet with God. You know, it represents a place of change and transformation, and we'll receive communion. There's a number of things that we do, but one of the things we do is we draw a bloodline around this sanctuary. In fact, we walk the perimeter of the building, and every entrance into this, this worship space, we lay hands on and we apply the blood. And there's like 15 of us, and so we're like a locomotive. I mean, we're loud, we're declaring, we're marching. I mean, it's, it's kind of fun, you know. And so, man, we believe in the power of the blood of Jesus. And so when people walk through these doors, I mean, there's a, uh, there's a threshold that they step into. Man, the presence of God meets people. And so we were praying a couple Fridays ago, and we start over here to my left, and we got a little volunteer room, and we pray over all the volunteers that serve on the weekends. And so as we're walking in there pleading the blood of Jesus, I see these two buckets of roses, and each rose has a little tag, a little HPC tag on there. And so I stop the guys and say, hey, fellas, do you see these buckets of roses? Do you know what they're here for? And some of the guys knew, but most of them didn't. So I said, let me explain to you what's about to happen Friday night. Every month, every Friday night, there's a team from HPC that will take these roses and go to the strip clubs. And it's a group of ladies that will give these roses. They'll go into the strip clubs. We send out a team once a month. Now, the guys are the drivers, and the guys don't go into the clubs. The guys are the, the security, okay? Just want to clarify that. All right, so, fellas, that's our role. We drive and we pray, and we protect. But the girls then will take these roses and go into these strip clubs. And for those who are dancing and working in the clubs, they'll give them a rose. And that rose has a little tag that says, this is from Healing Place Church. We want you to know that you matter to God, and so you matter to us. And our prayer is that the rose of Sharon would clothe them with dignity, with self-worth, with value. So you know what we did? We started praying over those roses. And, man, those guys, man, they were rat-a-tat-tatting. They were praying it down. And so I kind of slipped back, and I took a little video. I stopped praying. I know this is wrong. I stopped praying, but I took a little video of the guys praying over these roses that were to be handed out. Well, I posted it on my Instagram account. Well, somebody else saw it and reposted it. Well, when they reposted it, a girl responded and said, oh, my goodness. I am here babysitting my sister's children. My sister works at one of those strip clubs, and I'm praying that she's going to receive a rose, and she'll know how much she's loved by Jesus, and she'll change her life. Well, come to find out, she showed her sister the video, and her sister said, I got one of those roses. You see, why is that important? Because I feel like it's so important for us as a church to engage the community that we're trying to reach. Can I have a better amen? If the world is hurting, we don't run from a hurting world. We run to a hurting world. Come on, are you with me? 
All of creation groans and it longs for the coming of the Lord. You see, HPC is not a museum of perfect people. We are a hospital for broken people. And those who are broken, those who are discouraged, those who are suffering, those who are lost, those who've made bad decisions, there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no condemnation. If you're hurting, this is a place of healing for you. You don't have to clean yourself up to come to the house of God. You come just as you are. All creation groans. And so you and I have a responsibility to take a little bit of heaven and place it here on earth. You know, several weeks ago, and I told you, we had the chance to go to Africa. And my wife and my children, my whole family, we were in Swaziland in Mozambique. And one of the cool things was to see my kids connecting in a culture, in a place that they've never been. Don't speak the same language. I mean, customs are very different. But one of the cool things that I saw was my son, he connected with a young man. His name is River. And River's 13 years old, or Roberto is, is how you say it in Portuguese, but it means river. And so they played soccer, and they just immediately had a bond. There was something special about this young 13-year-old boy. Uh, asked questions, you know, about him to try to find out his story. And his father was just gone, not even a part of his life. His mom is not active in, in serving her kids. She's working, and she's off doing other things. So these kids are left unattended. And so he and his siblings are basically there on their own. And so we had a big kids' day in Mozambique. Over 2,000 kids showed up. And, man, a little river was one of them. And so, man, him and Trevor playing soccer, there was such a great bond. And it was so cool to see here these two boys, different parts of the world, don't speak the same language, but yet there was a chemistry they connected in sports. And so when we got home, Trevor was asking about River, saying, man, I want to do something for him. I want to give something to him. And so Rachel went out to the store and picked up like a soccer shirt and a pair of pants and thought, you know what, let's, let's get him this little gift. And we took a picture of Trevor and River. And so she had that kind of laminated so he would know who's, who's giving the gift. And we sent that gift with another team. Miss Ann was leading a team two weeks after we got home. And so get this gift, send it with Miss Ann. And so they go and they, they, they find this little boy, River. And I want you to see, check out the screen. I want you to see his reaction. This is about a 90-second video clip. But I want you to see the reaction of little River when he gets this gift. Check this out. Um presente pra você. Obrigada. Tá? Ah, olha aí ela. Olha pra ela. A gente tem que sorrir, né? É bem bonito. Sim. Mostra a foto assim, ó. Cadê o sorriso, Ribeiro? Tem uma tigarra? Olha, olha aí o que ele mandou pra você. O que, que é? Calção. Uau! Do futebol! Cara, uau, Ribeiro, tu gosta de futebol, Ribeiro? Sim. Nossa, uma camisa de futebol. Que legal. Uau. E aí, gostou? Sim. Pronto. You wanna tell him anything? Quer Can falar translate? Que que quer falar para ele? Thank you so much. 
Come on, isn't that awesome? <laughs> now, there's no telling. I don't know if that kid ever had anything new. But that was a gift that was given to him. And you saw what it did in his heart. And you think, oh, God, you have given us so much. You have blessed us with so much. You say, Mike, why do we do missions? Because this world is groaning and longing for Jesus and doesn't even know it. Why would we do homeless breakfast every week? Why do we do disaster relief whenever floods hit and hurricanes hit? Why do we do nursing home or cancer ministry? Why do we do a dream center in the inner city of Baton Rouge? At our North Baton Rouge campus, next Sunday, we will celebrate 10 years as a campus. Come on, can you put your hands together? 10 years. I'm going there next Sunday to help celebrate their 10-year anniversary. And you know what? I think that's why God has placed us here as a church, because there are hurting people. And as long as you and I are here on the earth, we are representatives of hope. We are ambassadors of heaven in a world that longs and groans for Christ. Listen, there, there are people that are far away from God. But you know what? They're close to you. And God places them in our path, and we must. It is a mandate. Paul said, all of creation longs for the glory of God to return. You and I can be a part of reversing the curse. He says in verse 23, look, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Notice he's saying, we groan in our own physical bodies. Verse 24, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. The second thing I want you to see is this. Number one, not only do we live in a hurting world, but number two, our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not in this world. All of creation groans, but guess what? Paul says our bodies groan. There's a groan around us in all creation, but there's a groan within us in our bodies. How many of you are realizing that the aging process happens with or without your permission? Anybody making groans and noises now that you didn't make 10 years ago? Is it just me, or is it the older you get, the more your body talks to you? Yeah, my dad would wake up, and I'd hear him make noises, and I'd be like, come on, man. What's wrong? Would you put some WD-40 on that and get moving? Literally, hey, I used to make fun of my dad because he had the, the, the pill case. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, for every day of the week. And so he'd come to breakfast and he's got his pill case. I'm like, Dad, what are you? You're like a walking pharmaceutical. Every single day he knows what he's taking. Guess what? <laughs> My pill case is blue. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Sunday, Monday, I got it all mapped out. And Rachel saw it the other day. She's like, what are you doing? I am becoming my father. <laughs> A true story. We started packing for Africa, and I'm looking for my pill case. I'm like, baby, have you seen my pill case? He said, I got rid of it. <laughs> my girl. So now I've got Ziploc bags. Come on, man. <laughs> my mind says I can still do it, but my body says something different. Anybody know the feeling? 
And this is so frustrating to me. It's not supposed to happen this way. I'm a former college athlete, man. I played ball, man, in college. I used to be able to do it and get it done. Can't do it anymore. I'm a legend right here in my own mind. (laughs) Ten years ago, I broke my leg playing kickball in the backyard with my daughter. I've got a metal plate with seven screws in this ankle right here, and it reminds me repeatedly that my body aches and I groan. The scriptures say, Paul said it this way. That's funny. It's so funny. You know, Trevor, <laughs> Trevor, he's this little athlete now, and sports is his world. We were driving down the road the other day, and I noticed in his shirt he had like, I mean, it's like his little muscle kind of had like a little bump right there on his arm. I'm like, T-Rev. Look at you, boy. Look at them little guns. Let me see your guns. They roll up his sleeve. And I'm like, man, I'm going to start calling you Little Bishop. Because everybody calls me the Bishop of Biceps, man. You're little bit. You're the, the, the Bishop in the making, man. Little Bishop. And Trevor will walk around the house. He'll throw up his shirt and show off his abs. He'll be eating, just kind of hit his abs. He's like, Dad, I got 4% body fat. What you got? I say, I got money. Get out my face, boy. (laughs) We can't roll like we used to. Can I have a good amen? Our bodies groan. Guess what Paul said? Our bodies are buried in brokenness. They disappoint us now. How many of you, your body disappoints you? And some of you are more disappointed than others. Our bodies now disappoint us, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but one day they'll be raised in strength. You see, Paul says not only does creation groan, but our bodies groan. And let me tell you, saints, every ache and every pain in our body is a reminder that a better day is coming. A better day is coming. Now is not forever. One day we will lay these bodies down. One day we'll kiss this world goodbye. Come on. Paul says, listen, your your hope is not in this world. Now, you're in this world, but you're created for another world. This is temporary. If If the sum total of our hope is in what we see, then we are miserable. Our hope is not in this world. Sometimes we ask God for healing, even in our bodies. And I believe in the power of healing. I believe in the blood of Jesus. We ask for healing, but sometimes God gives us heaven instead. And I tell you this, that's the ultimate healing. And if I had a choice whether to stay here or whether to go be there, man, I'd go be with Jesus. Hmm. It's interesting to me, though, the more we focus on there, the more effective we become here. Why is it that we don't talk about heaven anymore? It's absent in our teaching and in our preaching. Why don't we sing about heaven anymore? I think the part of the plan of the enemy is to get us so comfortable and content here. If we can just get comfortable and cozy here, we won't think about a greater glory. Can I have a good amen? You see, our hope is not in this world. This is a world of pain. The creation groans. Our bodies remind us that this is simply a tent. And one day we will lay these tents down. But there's a better day coming. There's a better day. And I say this to encourage people because some of you, if you're suffering in your body, I want you to know there's a better day coming. These bodies have an expiration date. 
It's almost like a, a, a gallon of milk. I ate some breakfast this morning. I noticed on that gallon of milk there was an expiration date marked on that. I thought, hmm, once that date comes, then technically the milk is no longer good. And God reminded me there's an expiration date on these bodies. These bodies will be buried in weakness, but God promised to raise them up in glory. Mm, 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 mm. Now, let me wrap this up. The first groan is all creation. The second groan is in these physical bodies. But look at what it says in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit? The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with what? Groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The third thing I want you to see is this. Our help is in the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the Holy Ghost. Creation groans. Our bodies groan. But the Bible says the Spirit himself prays for us with groanings. I mean, words that we can't even utter. Let me ask you this. Have you ever hurt so bad you just didn't have the words to describe it? How many knows what that kind of pain is? Come on, okay, just real speak, just for a second. We're getting ready to pray. But how many of you have been in a place where you were wounded so deeply it was hard for you to articulate that to somebody else? And you've suffered inside. And, and, and some, maybe you, you've tried to explain it to a friend, and in your explaining you realize they, 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 they don't know. They, I mean, they mean well. They try. They want to be a friend, but they can't step into the pain and feel it like I can when you don't know how to pray and you don't have the words to say, the Holy Spirit prays for you and intercedes for you. The Bible says with groanings, words that you can't even pen. You don't even have the vocabulary to articulate how you feel. All you know to do is cry, but in your tears, you can trust that the Holy Spirit helps you in your weakness that the Holy Spirit can identify where you are. He knows exactly what you're feeling. He knows what you're thinking, and he's there to help you. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will come along beside you. He'll get down in there with you. Even when you feel like you're all alone, I promise you you're not. You're not alone because the help of the Holy Spirit is very present. In our weakness, the Bible says, he helps us and he prays for us according to God's perfect will. Question, how many of you, you want the perfect will of God in your life? Not necessarily the things that we understand. The Spirit of God doesn't move according to our understanding, according to our comfort, according to what we think is best for us, but the Spirit of God will pray for us and minister to us according to the perfect will of God. I don't know what you're going through right now. And maybe it's hard for you to connect the dots and make sense of it. Lord, what's your purpose in this? Holy Spirit knows. Holy Spirit knows. And guess what? He's praying for you. With groanings, there is a longing. The Scripture says, deep calleth unto deep. Psalm 42, 7. Deep calleth unto The deepest part of God longs for the very deepest part of man. 
tell you, some of you, you're getting ready to find a new place in God. Life has been overwhelming, and you've struggled to make sense of it. You sense the, the tension in the earth today. All creation groans. You feel a groaning even in your own body. I'll tell you this. When you groan, the Bible says you don't groan alone. Holy Spirit's in there with you. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225 Seven five three two two seven three.